thank you, worship team, for, for blessing us today. And I know they're meeting and there more people are coming and there's others that want to be part of that team. And we're excited about that, what the Lord has for us, because worship is a powerful source of what God wants to do. It's not the, the tribe of Judah we represented the praise of God, and they always were first in war, right? They were always first when it came, and they were the ones taking most of the brunt at first. So that praise is important because praise by his people breaks change, does it not? I'm telling you, it breaks change. I want to thank the, the men that got together just Friday night, and we do this the first and third night, man. It was incredible that we got together, and like I say, it was just, God, we, we, we came, we gathered, we sang, we prayed, we, we talked, we teached, we sharpened, and it was just incredible. Thanks, guys, for that you came, and God is so good, and I'm so humbled to be a part of a, a wonderful church like this. Um, last week, we talked about a straight path is determined by your heart. Um, the more of your heart, the more of his plan. And I want to get in that vein today, and I want to take you into a story today that I think um, when I looked into it further, it came up several times this week in my study, and so I know I'm supposed to, to teach about it, but I want to be humble about this. It's a very good story. Let's go into it. Um, first of all, what if God does not have it all? Last week we talked about all of your heart. What if God does not have all of your heart? What does that look like? Well, let's go into the word. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9.2 says this, The hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, and insanity is in the hearts throughout their lives. I don't know about you, but the heart is what? Full of evil, and it plays out insanity in your life. And so, to me, if God does not have all of your heart, there is a little bit of glimpse of that insanity and that evil. And so if we don't give all of it to him, there's still that selfishness. If you hold back, the Bible says all of it is evil, and it will lead you into an insane life. <laughs> so it makes sense to give it all. If he's got it all, there's no room for the other. So I, I looked at this a little closer, and I don't know, anybody heard of the name Albert Einstein? I think we have. His description of insanity is this. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I, I don't know, does anybody know someone who's in a life of insanity? Do you know someone who, who's so far from God that they're doing their thing and they're doing everything in their power to make something work? And inside of them, they're so unhappy. They, they, I can't figure this out. I've got this. I've got this, and, and just isn't enough, and they live this life of insanity. They keep doing more, keep wanting more, and it's just this zzz, zzz. Albert Einstein, I think you're pretty close to what insanity really is. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, or 24, 7, says this, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with what? Their whole heart. God wants people out of the life of insanity. And he wants them with all of the heart to return back to him and his plan. And there's so many of us, even us who are believers, believe me, there's times of insanity, is there not? There's times that even as strong believers, there's times that we're misguided, the wrong voice, and we find ourselves in a place that it's not making any sense. And the question is, 
Does he have it all? Are we giving him all of our heart? Can he really lead you? Or are you holding something back? And we're going to go into a story today uh, that I really believe is going to help us with this. Luke 15, it's a beautiful story. It's one of the best stories of the Bible. Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth, the father divided his wealth between them, his two brothers, or his two sons, I'm sorry. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into the distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Squandered means to back and forth, back and forth, side to side, to dissipate or to scatter. The other word, to loose living, is to be extravagantly wasteful. You ever been there before? The things, and I have to think about the story for a moment. Where does his inheritance come from? The father. Who does the father represent? And what is his things that he gives us? And have we ever wasted those things? Have we ever gone to a place that we've wasted the things of the father? So if you think you're distant from the story, think again. You're very close to the story here. You and me both. So let's take this further. Let's go to the next. It says here, you are wasting the father's riches. You are in a distant country. Have you lost your appetite? Are you casting your pearls to the swine? Luke 15 says, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. And I don't know about you, there's times when we are distant, that we find ourselves in a place that we're not in understanding what God is doing. We may even feel that he is distant, and that place is distant from him, at least in our minds it is. And there's a famine that will always rise up in those moments. Many many of you call that a desert, a desert place, because it's a famine. When your heart is not all for him, you will find your place in a distant land, and it could be just for a day could be for a moment. And when you're there, there's going to be a drought. There's going to be a famine that comes that way. And he began to be in need. Now, I want you to remember this. That country was in famine, but his home country wasn't. Where he went was famine. Where he came from wasn't. And so we have to understand, God will send a famine to you in those distant lands because he doesn't want you to stay there. He doesn't want your heart to be there. He wants all of your heart with him and in his plan. It says in Luke 15, let's go on. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving him anything. No one was giving him anything. He found himself working to feed swine. But when he came to himself, oh, I love this. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I don't know about you, but I know in those moments that I feel distant from him, in those moments and I'm confused, God is, there's a famine there and God reminds us in those moments and those moments we say, I remember where things were plentiful. I know where I need to go. 
I know I need to return to those places where I know there's plenty of bread. Why am I here? Why am I perishing? Why am I even starving? When I know if I just become a servant of the Father, he has got it all and all that I need. Let's call that the dinner bell. Has anybody ever had a dinner bell before? Anybody grow up on a farm? Any hands at all? I'm the only one. Any of us have a dinner bell? Oh, come on. Not one dinner bell at your house? Okay. At least my wife did. Okay, honey, you and I can relate to this. I lived on a farm, and uh, Dan and I, we would go on adventures. And we would go so far away from the house, there's just no way my mom could yell loud enough for us. So they had a dinner bell on the side of the house, and she would ring that, and it would, it, we knew when we heard that bell, we better get home, because we were hungry. And matter of fact, we wouldn't even realize we were hungry until the dinner, dinner bell would go like this, we're like, oh, we run back. Honey, I don't know if that was for you, but when that rang, it's like Pavlov. The dog responds to food. Have you ever been there before that when something reminds you, when something reminds you, all of a sudden you're like, boy, I'm getting hungry. Oh, I'm starving here. And I like to call that time that this young man had that moment with God, that moment where God was able to speak into a heart that he thought, God, I am here. And all of a sudden, that dinner bell rings. And all of a sudden, he's like, what am I doing here? I am starving to death. And I remember there's plenty where if I just go back to my father, there at all. This everything that I need is right there. What am I doing here? Why am I starving? So I don't know about you, but we had one just like this. And that thing, a matter of fact, it was a little bigger than this, actually. This is just a tiny one. This is just for like a mile away. And as they get bigger, and some of you might have seen real big ones, that's when you're further distance. Isn't it good that God will ring a bell? Isn't it good that he loves us that much? That he's got a bell that rings. And whether or not that we would ever return to our senses, ever return to what we know is plentiful. That's really up to you, and it's up to me, isn't it not? He came to himself. He realized his famine. He realized where his abundance is. He knew where he was right at that moment. He knew he was starving, but at that very second, he knew also that here is where I need to go. I'll go back. And I don't even know and I don't even deserve to be called your son, Father. But even if you can just make me a servant, just make me a servant, I'll work for you. And then I still, see, I will be able to eat. I know I'll be taken care of. Will you take me back? And he takes his journey back home. And it's a beautiful story. The dinner bell. What I get from the dinner bell is this. It's a bell to come home. It's a bell to eat, and it's a bell for family. Huh. Anybody have family right now? It's not, t doesn't seem to be a part of the, the plan. Maybe a distant, maybe distant, maybe a distant country. Anybody have somebody in a distant country right now? And you've been praying, you've been seeking the Lord. Lord, what do I do? They're so far. What do you have me to do? And all he needs to hear, all she needs to hear, all they need to hear is God's bell. Time to eat, time to return, time to come back to family. 
embraced them. Oh, the father embraced him. It's a good, good story. Let's tell the where, where we finish up here. It says in Luke 15, 22 and 23, it says, Quickly, this is the father when he sees his son. Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand. <laughs> Clothe him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring this fattened calf Kill it, and let's eat and celebrate. See, I don't know about you, but there's a celebration. And every one of us can think of someone who's in the distant land right now. And we're going to pray for them today. And we're going to pray that this coming back to their right mind, to come back to themselves would happen. But I'm going to go further than that today. Because there's people in this place right now that are distant. And I don't mean unsaved. I mean, you're away from the Father's business today. Men, you know who you are. Ladies, you know who you are. And we say all we want about someone who's distant and unsaved and say they need to come back to Jesus or maybe they've never known him. You can think of them. I'm telling you today, there are men and women in this place that are in a distant land and far from his plan. And you're hungry. So many of you today would ask the thing, well, I don't know what God's will is. You're in a distant land. Well, I don't know what's planned for my life, and I don't know where I need to turn tomorrow. You're in a distant land. And you're hungry, and you're starving, and the Father has got it all in his hands. I don't care if it's work. I don't care what you say you have to be doing. As a matter of fact, a young man came to me the other day, and in his confession to me, it was very clear to me where he was. See, he got a promotion. He had a job opportunity that took him to Pittsburgh. His family was right here. And then that three years that he was gone, going back and forth to a job that was much more pay, he found himself distant because his children, he wasn't spending time with them. He wasn't spending time with his wife. He wasn't spending, matter of fact, he walked out from a small group ministry that he was in. And he was getting ministered to. And he was being a minister to. He was in that tight moment where it was very good in family. Everything was going well until this attraction to something that he thought was of God. And he found himself walking right out of that small group of men in ministry. And right out of his family's life. And right into something that was far distant than what God had planned for him. And he was so distant over here. And for three years, he was absent from his family. And he spoke that to me just the other night. And you can see the tears rolling up because he said, these are lost years. And when I learned when I got there, it went from 40 hours, he was salaried, to 50 hours, to 60 hours. And he had this trip back and forth to Pittsburgh. He spent 12 hours a day at work for three years. At the end of that, he left that, and he came back to his hometown, and he found a job that wasn't nearly the pay. But he said to me, he said, when I really did the numbers, I got paid less. But when I finally got back, I was able to hold my children and enjoy what I was supposed to be doing in the first place. I was able to find that I have time to go back to the small group he was in. And he was really being ministered to again. He was strong in his faith. He says, I will never, I will never be astray again. 
See, it's so easy. It's so easy to be off track. And I know there's some people in this place today that if you honestly asked yourself the question, are you in the center of God's will right now? Are you doing his work? Or are you a place where you're thinking, I'm just, I'm hungry, I just don't know what to do, and I'm not sure, and there's a famine in your land. And you know the Father. You know he has everything in his hand. You know he has everything. But you don't even know how to get back to him. And I brought a bell today because I want you to be honest today. Because honesty is the center of this, is it not? Ask yourself. Honesty is the center. It's humility. Humility will move people to do action. Humility is one of the key words in the Bible. Humble yourself and you will be exalted. I know about you. I'm so proud to be a part of this group today. I'm so proud to be, I'm, I'm getting stirred with the men. And I see, But I know there's so many that what breaks my heart are so many men that love Jesus but don't even know what he has for them to do. They stay in this place that, oh, I know I'm your son, but I don't know whether or not I, I can even do the things you called me to do. And they're in a place that they've been in a distant land. And I'm telling you, it's supposed to be over today. And I'm going to set this bell out, and I want those who are brave enough to say, you know what, I have been distant, but I'm coming home. And it's up to you to come ring your bell. I want you to come to your right mind. I don't want anything. I don't want you to get to a place that this young man did and comes out and says, you know what, I wasted three years of my life. I had kids that are growing up, and I wasn't even a father to them. I was distant, thinking I was providing. See, a man can be very easily persuaded that work is important because you're providing your provision at home is you. It's you speaking over your families, praying over your family. It's you that should be leading by example. And if your kids are struggling, look at maybe why they are. And I want you to be the first to come up. Make, ask yourself the question, are you doing what you should be doing? And if you can honestly say, I haven't, but I want to be, to come to your right senses today and say, you know what, what can, what can I do? Where have I been? I want to come home. He's got a rope for you. He's got a ring for you. He's got a fattened calf ready for you. And he wants to celebrate. And I believe today's the day. I'm going to set this right up here. And as we go into music, I want plenty of time for this. Some of you may not feel it right now. Others may. Ladies, you too. There's a part you play in all of this, but I know the men lead the charge. If you want to come as a family, ring the bell. And I guarantee when you ring that bell, there's going to be a party that goes on. There's going to be a party that will go on. The Father will celebrate. And we will celebrate with you. God is good, is he not? Father, I thank you, Lord, for a beautiful story in the Bible about a young son who thought he knew exactly where he needed to go. A, a young son that took his inheritance and he went to a land. And the, the word in the Bible you call lavish living or wild living, that word wild means prodigal. And Father, that's why it's called a prodigal son. It's a son who's willing to spend all of the inheritance of God all those wonderful things God has given us and waste them away 
So, Father, I pray that every man in here, this, this is not a call to those who are lost, even though we know that they're distant. This is a time to look inwardly at each one of us. Have we really been serving God? Does God really have all of me? Does he have all of my heart? Can he lead me today? Could I be able to even hear his voice today if he asked me to go do something? Have I put myself in a distant land because I don't think I'm worthy? Have I put myself in a distant land because I've been providing and my provision has been outside the house and I don't spend enough time at home even to raise in one child, let alone five or four Lord, would you speak to our hearts today? May we be serious about what we should be doing. It's not about celebration today, Lord, even though we can celebrate. God, celebration comes when we give it all to you. When our hearts are open to be used by the Lord. When we come to you and we come back to the Father, let him wrap us with his robe of righteousness and give us that ring that signifies family. God, when we're in that family and we're robed with righteousness, Lord, what are we in incapable of doing all things are possible for those who believe so lord today is a call to a new step i believe that every man and woman in this place know they need to go to the next step and i pray today will be time that they come to the right mind today the right senses coming back to who they really are finding their true identity in jesus christ and him alone no other identity they're not identity it's not found in what they do at work it's not found even what they do at home it's not really father and husband. Your true identity is found in Christ and him alone. He will make you the father. He will make you the husband. He will make you all those things. But we must seek him first with all of our heart. We must return to him with our whole heart. Today I pray that everyone, Lord, will come to their right senses and really ask themselves the serious questions of humility knowing that each one of us can do more, be more. And so, Father, it's time to ring the bell. And I pray today will be an honest day, that we don't leave this place shackled, thinking we have it all together, that we've done this Christian thing and we really are good Christians, because it's not about what we have done. It's who we are. And that leads us to doing great and awesome deeds for Jesus. Lord, I pray right now, move in this place today. Move in my heart. Even through this week, my wife comes to me today, Lord, and I just throw this out as a confession. She called me grumpy this week. And I can easily find myself under burdens that aren't really mine to carry. So I confess today, I can't be grumpy to my family. So I ring the bell. Lord, help me not to be. Help me be more of a father and a husband today. Help me, Lord, to be my, find my identity in you, that I'd be more than enough at home, that there's more enough bread, there's plentiful of that. Thank you, Lord, for revealing to me my dinner bell. I pray these things in God's name, Jesus' name. Yes, we're going to take time. We're going to take time right now to take back from the enemy what he tried to steal. As we do that, as we ring this bell, I want you to be encouraged. You know, the meeting that we had the other night, a gentleman stood up and said, 
because he knew there's something so special going on. He stood up and said, you know, this, this special brotherhood does not happen very often in a church. He admitted that out loud. That it was a desire of his heart to come home into a place where he could find support of other men of God and pray and praise and get beyond the walls of the church. But he was only able to do it because he put, he put getting together with the saints over other things that he had going on in his life. You see, that's what it takes in order for you to be able to, that bell is ringing, I promise it's ringing. God's calling you, but in order for you to take full hold of that, you have to respond. And you know what it means to respond? We all mix up what it means to take up your cross. What it really means to take up your cross is to love others. I just want to take a moment to share. I know when God has something on my heart, because I could feel myself shaking, because this is not normally me to get up and, and talk to everybody. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I really felt like God was saying, you need to kind of lay Facebook down. Um, I always said, well, Facebook is a good way for me to minister to other people too. You know, I would share scriptures and I would do things of that nature. And so that's what I would always do. But I found and I knew that Facebook was starting to take hold in my heart, not that it's sinful or anything, but that it just became, I'd pull my phone out and when I had nothing else to do, okay, I'd look through. Well, all of a sudden it became, instead of reading the word, I would get on Facebook. And I think that it very easily can creep in and become something that takes hold in your life and so as God was showing this to me and I was just explaining to my kids today it wasn't like he was like you need to get off Facebook it was a very gentle sort of thing and so I did and that same day Pastor Courtney I think it was the same day or the next day she sent me a video on Facebook and it was David Wilkinson I believe his name is and it was called Anguish. And I watched it, and I recommend it so highly because I felt totally convicted. Where is my anguish for people that are lost? I'm sorry. I would always be the one that would say, but they're lost. They're lost, and I would, I would feel called to pray for them, and I wasn't doing that. I was more interested in what was going on, and there wasn't even much going on out there. You guys know how there's nothing going on on Facebook. That's right. That's right. So between those two things, God started ministering to me, and every time, once I laid it down, every time I would say, oh, you know, that the back of my mind, oh, I want to scroll, I want to scroll. I would, I moved all the other apps off of the first page of my phone, and I just put the Bible and all these other kind of reference things, and I would just force myself to go on the, go in the Bible, go in the Bible, and so in two weeks' time, 
I've noticed a huge change and the biggest change is back there with those kids. And where my heart was distant and kind of just a lukewarm, I guess you would say, now I'm like, Courtney, what can we do? What can we do to get these kids engaged? What can we do to let them impact this world for Jesus? And last Wednesday, the well, last Sunday, I said, I'm tired of the games. <laughs> I said, I know games, kids respond to games, and games are good, but I'm tired of games. I said, we need to get real with these kids because they need to really serve Christ. And so last Wednesday, for any of you that have kids that came on Wednesday, it was absolutely amazing. We were in the word worshiping, and it was amazing to see my seven-year-old with her hands raised in front of me. And she said to Vito and I, I heard from God. And I said, I want to hear more about it because we were in the car on the way here. I want to hear more about it. But these kids, we want them to use their giftings and their talents. And I just really felt led to share. I know when I get nervous and I don't want to share, that's exactly what I said to him. I'm like, I know I have to share, but I don't want to share. But I'm just encouraging all of you guys, you know, along with what Pastor Jim is saying to just what is taking up your time? You know, it's, it wasn't useful. It wasn't, I mean, I post stuff on the rush page and I haven't done that, but I knew he'd be okay with it because I'm on a journey myself, you know, but what can you lay down where, when you focus on Jesus and you put him first, it's like the world changes around you. So that's all I wanted to say. Distant land doesn't mean that it's that far away. Distant land could be in your own family, could be distant from your own children. If you have more time to spend Facebook, which is distant, and there's someone right in front of you that's, that's hurting and you missed it, then it's wrong. The Bible is very clear about ministry to our family. So I pray today that uh, this, this is something for all of us.